Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of the Diz Unlimited podcast. I am Craig Williams, and I will be leading this roundtable discussion we're having today. And joining me to talk about all things Disney is a great group of people, including Dreams Unlimited travel agent, Hannah Anderson. Oh, hey. Uh, Dreams Unlimited travel agent, Chris Forbeck. Hello, everyone. I'm in my Yeti spirit jersey, given our four inches of snow outside. So, Oh, goodness gracious. I wish I could have four inches <laughs> yeah. of snow. Uh, we've got uh, rain coming to central mm-hmm. Florida. How wonderful and beautiful. And then last but not least, we have the formidable Rhino. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We have a lot to talk about. Festival of the Arts kicked off over the weekend. And while, unfortunately, Rhino and I weren't here for the start of that event, uh, lucky for us, Hannah and Chris actually were both around to go and check it out. And we're going to get a lot of their perspective on this year's Epcot International Festival of the Arts. Uh, Rhino and I, of course, were out in Disneyland for the half marathon and i know i'm gonna want to share a lot of thoughts about that because it's all that's been on my mind the past couple days and then of course we've got a couple little news items that we're gonna throw in and discuss so we have a really packed episode for you uh and i'm very excited to get to it but before we do need to remind you this is brought to you by dreams unlimited travel if you like our content and you want to support us book a vacation through dreams unlimited travel it costs you no extra money and you get the support of one of the amazing dreams unlimited travel agents like two on the show today so if you want to get a free no obligation quote today head over to dreams unlimited travel.com so chris you have four inches of snow right now in the dc area how's everyone else doing rhino are you sore are you surviving Oh, I'm still, I'm still sore for sure. I'm exhausted. Um, and I, this, this, what's tough right now is we're having like a super, like you said, rainy and like humid day. And we just came from like cold and drier and my body is just like, what's up, man? Why are you doing this? Because I was in Massachusetts and then Milwaukee and Florida and now this again. And and then tomorrow's going to be good, better weather, I think cooler weather. Here. Uh, yes, uh, we're going to have a drop uh, towards the end of the day overnight where uh, of 20 degrees. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think we're we're looking at a low in the 40s. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a cold day tomorrow. And uh, Hannah and I were talking uh, off air, uh, obviously, without you. And we've decided that I think we're doing <laughs> Festival of the Arts tomorrow for our food review. So. Bundle I up. assumed I assumed we were going to so take take all that airborne you need to to get yeah. through just uh, grab an extra jacket or two we're gonna survive it's gonna be good and we're gonna complain the entire dining review about how cold our food is I'm gonna wear all my my Power Ranger stuff <laughs> layers and layers of Power Ranger stuff and that's okay Ooh, that's, you can't wait yeah you wear what makes you feel best but how are you doing Hannah. <laughs> 
I'm good. Yeah, I uh, am coming off of going to Festival of the Arts on Friday, which is always a great time. I'm excited about the cooler weather. Um, this is kind of my time of year down here that I thrive, actually, because, um, you know, depending on what's going on, crowds are a little bit lower. Weather, you know, it's hit or miss, but um, any chance to wear a sweatshirt is pretty exciting. So all things considered, I'm good. I didn't run a race, so I'm, you know, well rested, probably should, but, you know. So no issues here. (laughs) Very, very good. Well, I am excited to hear about Festival of the Arts. So let's not waste any more time with it. Uh, Of course, the Epcot International Festival of the Arts kicked off this past Friday, as Hannah just said. And uh, a lot of the big fervor going into the event was surrounding the figment popcorn bucket. And uh, we talked about that a little bit last week. I know Chris definitely has some, some thoughts to share on that. So it'll get thrown in there, too. But, uh, <laughs> of course, it's not just about popcorn buckets. It's about uh, the performing arts, the culinary arts, the arts arts. They're all represented at the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. And so before we get too far into it, uh, Hannah, you'll have to refresh our memories. And Chris, will ask you for the first time here. Uh, what, where does Festival of the Arts uh, typically rank in terms of your Epcot Festival list? Is it more towards the top? Is it towards the bottom? Is it just right there in the middle? What, what were your thoughts before we talk about this year in general? Oh, um, I guess I I can go first. Uh, So (laughs) I uh, Flower and Garden is, I think, still my favorite just because I just love the topiaries and Epcot looks so beautiful. And um, again, great weather typically. Um, Every year, though, I feel like Festival of the Arts is getting higher and higher on that list. Um, So I would rank it maybe a close Second, um, I think, uh, just has so many things going for it. Um, so many nods to Disney fans. Weather is typically good. Crowds are a little bit better. Uh, there's just so much to see and do. I think it really, um, makes Epcot a very full day. If I was here on vacation, I would definitely try to at least do a day and a half in that park just because there is, uh, so much going on. So I would say close second. For me, um, but again, I every year walk away from Festival of the Arts going, that was even better than I remembered. Um, so that might knock uh, Flower and Garden off the list for me pretty soon. So, wow, that's a that's a big yeah. praise there. So, Chris, where Shots what fired. about you? Where does it stand for you? <laughs> uh, you? You know what? I love the Festival of the Arts. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, underrated and, and people, everyone seems to pay attention to food and wine and kind of this one gets forgotten. Festival of the Arts gets forgotten. Uh, there's a ton of stuff to do. Um, for smaller kids, they have like cartoony, so you can kind of experiment with uh, uh, cartooning, which is great fun. There's all sorts of artists, like the rock star artists that you see all the time. Uh, Will Gay was there, Joey Chu, uh, Jared, whose name I can never pronounce his last name, but you've seen his stuff. Um, it, we're all there, and they had lines, <laughs> huge lines for people waiting to get things signed and stuff. Um, they have, uh, I thought this year they've done the, all sorts of magic photos, you know, with photo through PhotoPass that are really, really fun. They have one that has, um, Mm-hmm. A figment that's flying, you know, coloring stripes above your head. They have one where you hold a little um, easel and they put uh, an art on the on the easel, which is very cute. 
Um, they also have these great, uh, they're kind of photo booths. You take your own photos. They have one around uh, Mary Poppins, one around Sleeping Beauty, and one mm-hmm. around uh, the new movie Wish, not the ship, the, the movie Wish, um, where you can <laughs> kind of stand and be amongst the penguins in Mary Poppins. They're very cute. The chalk artists who are doing just, although it was really crushing to see the chalk artists doing their work and later on come by after the rain and see them all washed away. But mm-hmm. it was, it's, they do just amazing uh, chalk art. So it's, it's, I don't understand the popcorn buckets. That's beyond me, but uh, it's, it's, it's really, really a fun festival and, and the food's good too. So I, I love it. I love it. In case you can't tell. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we can tell uh, for sure. And uh, I have to point out, too, I, I was going to see if Hannah wanted to bring it up, but you, you did get to pose in at least uh, one of the one of the little photo frames with with your son. Are we are we OK to show that? Oh, absolutely. Um, although it's funny because uh, we tried very oh, hard so to get a smiling, uh, cute picture. That was the best we got. But, you know, hey, the memories. Um, no, yeah, I love it because it's like, fan. he's like penguins. He's, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was completely, he thought that was the coolest thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, I think, and kind of going back to like the nods to Disney fans, I, I almost feel like now with Festival of the Arts, with the artwork, with these photo ops, with the scavenger hunt, like there are just so many Disney touches throughout the park that I don't think you necessarily see with other festivals, Um, especially, you know, going with Owen. He's he's a toddler, so he likes, you know, well, I guess we all do pointing out the characters and he's a big Donald Duck fan. So like anytime we pass by artwork with Donald Duck, he got very excited. So I just, I feel like it, and I feel like it's such a good Disney fan service, um, especially for pass holders, especially for those Disney fans who come frequently. The festival is so short and I feel like it's, you know, I wish it was longer, but at the same time, I appreciate Disney being like, okay, we have the opportunity in between festivals, in between seasons to do something special. And they do that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think all around, like it, in a way, it's the most Disney feeling festival. So, um, and I, I don't know how much more you want me to go on, but I just have so much to say. Like I walked away from Friday, just having a great time and yep. wanting to go back. That's, that is fantastic to hear. So, uh, yeah, so we heard about your, your thoughts before and now leading into the event. Obviously, you both walked away uh, from it, just blown away by this year's event. But, Hannah, what was your absolute, like, number one highlight that you experienced? I guess I, I think my number one highlight, it was kind of a surprise for me, but um, was the Disney on Broadway stars um, so when um, I was there on Friday and it was the original Anna and Elsa from Disney's Frozen on Broadway. And I have seen these Broadway concerts or, well, I, I have seen Disney Broadway um, on stage before the, you know, versions that they put on for Festival of the Arts. I've never really sat down and watched them start to finish. Um, and that was just such a pleasant surprise like i mean obviously they are superstars and they are phenomenal in so many ways um but just hearing them not only give performances from 
the Broadway show that they start on, but also um, they sang other Disney on Broadway songs. And I just felt like that was really special. You know, um, the opportunity to see that is part of your Epcot ticket. Um, Cause you know, Broadway shows get expensive and I feel like that was a really nice uh, personal taste. Um, and I was also really um, surprised uh, my son is almost two and Owen loved it. Like we got so tickled. I don't know if I'm gonna have a Broadway kid or what, but he like <laughs> every time uh, one of, one of them would hit a high note, he would like stand up and clap. Like he was the only, <laughs> the only one, like I can't That's carry a tuna bucket. So I'm hoping maybe we can get some voice lessons or something for him. But um, yeah, so it was just very cool to, to see him, enjoy Disney in a different way. And again, that Disney fan service, like getting to hear quote unquote, Anna and Elsa saying you'll be in my heart from Tarzan. I mean, just, um, I just felt like that was good, good Disney magic. Um, and then just one other quick shout out is I feel like the, and I know we'll talk about this more, but the food at festival, of the arts, I just, I'm rarely disappointed. Like, I think, wow. you know, like the value, I know I, I can't, <laughs> I just can't believe I'm, I'm being like this positive, uh, but it's, I'm being real. Like, I, um, I, I don't know, like all the things that I got, I felt like the value was pretty good. Like I was talking to my family about it and they were like, you know, they're like, well, how much did you spend? Cause that's normally the thing we go to festivals and it's like, wow, we could have, you know booked another night's hotel or gone to a really nice restaurant because, you know, it adds up. And um, I just, I felt like the portions were good. Value was good. Um, You know, it's not like, like I've gotten the ice wine before. I I don't know if you guys have it. Canada at a food and wine festival. And it's like $12 for a thimble full of wine. Like I didn't have any experiences like that. Um, So yeah, I just think like, all in all, like it's one of those festivals that, you know, like I want to make multiple visits to. Absolutely. Chris, what is your main highlight of this year's event? I'll, I'll choose two. And I forgot about the Broadway stars. I'm glad you brought them up. We didn't sit and we were there celebrating uh, uh, my friend Lindley's who turned 13 uh, this weekend. So we were celebrating her mm-hmm. birthday. So she got to kind of lead us around. Um, but, uh, so we didn't stop, but we walked by and it was just great. They're, they're so talented and it was great hearing them. But I think mm-hmm. my favorite part are just the artists that are out there and seeing all the different kinds of, of Disney, uh, ways that just take Disney works and do different things with them. It's so fascinating to see. And some of them are, some are not my taste. And if they're yours, awesome. A lot of them are, and as you can see, I'm have lots of it around um but there was one uh, and uh one uh, place that they had these tables that are made of bronze and they had one with villains and one with peter oh there it is see um mm-hmm. it's uh, i mean those things just blew my mind they're not cheap but mm-hmm. they're it's so there's all kinds of different art it's not just painting and prints it's uh, it's all kinds of different stuff that is just a really amazing to see and uh and really incredible work so it was uh, that really the top big thing was walk around epcot with at least most of the walls down seeing the new center area which is Mm -hmm. lovely to have back seeing the new waltz statue which was so awesome and just being able to walk from the 
west side of the park to the east part side of the park without having to do a loop-de-loo was so nice. So it was just nice to be in that space and nice to, nice to be back there and feels like Epcot is coming back from being Walcott again. So it's I getting there. It's, not quite, not quite all the way not there. Not quite yet there, me, but though. it's so it, much better than it was. Yeah, it is definitely better than it was. So uh, we've talked about the performing arts now with the Broadway series and some of the art that you can purchase, as uh, Chris was mentioning there. But uh, let's actually dig into the food here. And uh, Hannah, I know you got to try, uh, I'd say, four four-ish items, uh, according to your article. So can you run run us through what you had at the event? Um, I sure can. So I, I kind of, I selfishly went into this. I wasn't a very good reporter. I went into it um, getting my usual favorites. You know, it's like the festival comes back and you're like, oh, I've really been missing this. So um, kind of a secret about me, I always get something at the France um, kiosk, like I, that's always a must for me. Um, so I didn't take a picture of it because honestly, what I got was not very visually pretty. Um, not in a bad way, but just most of the food at Festival of the Arts is that attention to detail and like a little bit extra. But I got, and it's been there before, I got the, um, brew cheese and the bread bowl. Um, how can you not love that? And then um, I got their um, featured uh, the frozen martini. So they do one for every festival. And this one, I think they called it um, a French martini and it had um, a little bit of foam on top, but it wasn't, you know, like um, now I will say I did notice that that um, kiosks that they also had, um, a beautiful dessert. And I think I got a picture of that, like one of the cast members, like really taking his time. Um, so I was like, I need to get some more, you know, festival of the art specific food items. Um, but no, I thought both of those were great. Um, I feel like the brie obviously with bread is very filling. So that would have been a good one to split with two people, um, and then also I stopped at Japan, um, because I love the sushi donuts. I think, um, it's just so good. I mean, it's, you know, simple, but I think, um, again, very filling, um, you know, the fish is all very fresh. If you like sushi, it's that good combination of it's sushi, but it's not like, you know, um, it doesn't feel like you're just eating raw fish. Um, and then I also got the Wagyu beef bun from there as well. Um, and the Wagyu beef bun, I think I want to say it was more expensive than the sushi donut by a little bit. And I feel like obviously the sushi is a better value. Um, the bun itself was pretty good. Um, again, I think that's one of those, both of these, I think you could have shared, um, with two people pretty easily. Um, I did not. So, you know, if you saw me sitting on a bench eating both of those in Japan, Hey, uh, then I also went over to, um, Deco delights, which has the pretty Neapolitan dessert tray, which, um, I believe they've done different renditions of this in the past, but this specific one is, is new to the festival this year. Um, truthfully, I didn't get to eat much of this because my son devoured. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. So maybe that's why he was clapping during the Broadway performances because he was hopped up on um, sugar. But um, I, I felt like obviously very visually pretty. 
Um, I thought it was good. Like it wasn't, um, I know sometimes with these pretty Disney desserts, like they kind of lack flavor. Like they feel like they've been, you know, chilling in the fridge for a while. And I didn't, I didn't feel that with these. Like I thought they were, um, pretty good and different. Um, surprisingly enough, the blue one in the middle was my favorite. And I know it looks like cotton candy or I don't know, like I usually don't gravitate towards, things like that. And, um, it was delicious. It had a shortbread, um, crust and it was very good. I got an espresso martini cause, um, I think you guys know now I love espresso martinis and it's just, you know, it's that kind of year or that time of year rather. Um, and it was, it was standard. It was fine. I want to say price went on that was, I don't remember. I want to say it was less than $10. And I felt like actually for Disney and for a festival, beverage that was fair. Like I didn't feel like I took one sip and was done. Um, the coffee beans that were inside of it were chocolate covered. Who doesn't love that? And then, um, two other items or kiosk, um, the pop eats, um, booth, which has been there in the past, which is, um, I knew it is the grilled cheese and soup location. Um, I thought this was awesome. And especially like, I- I'm going to tell you, I'm going to eat this skin tomorrow, even though it won't help the review just because it's going to be chilly. And it was delicious. Um, you know, I'm a Southern gal and it had uh, fried green tomatoes, tomato cheese, bacon, good and filling. Again, I think this is one that like, if you were trying to snack around then you could share this one um, pretty easily. So and then last but not least, I got the um, the poutine, the gnocchi poutine from uh, Refreshment. Is it Refreshment Port? Um, I took that picture in the UK, but it's, you know, it's it's right there on the right. It's, it's not a booth, but they typically have a specialty poutine for the festival. This was, despite it looking delicious, was kind of um, the weakest of the dishes I had. Um, I feel like value was good. I believe that was um, right at $10. It's very filling, um, but it just, you know, um, I don't know. Flavor was okay. And then as you can tell, like the cheese curds, like um, in the, I don't even remember what kind of cheese that was in the middle. I think that was something different. It just, you know, it, it was hard to like, just take, like you can just like take a bite sized piece of that. You had to like cut into it and, you know, otherwise you're eating that whole big glob of cheese. But, um, I mean, still like, I think for 10 bucks, um, it, you know, it was, it was okay. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm I feel like really it out. Is oh, yeah, it go ahead. like deep fried gnocchi in there or are there French fries with are those like crinkle? No, French fries? no, it's just a gnocchi is the, um, it's a base. So no fries. So okay. that, that, that's the base. And then basically, um, like a ground beef almost kind of, and I'm sorry, I, I should have yeah. had the description pulled up. No, but it, I, yeah. I like playing this game of trying to figure out what it is on there. Yeah. Yeah. So the gnocchi <laughs> with then like a ragu and then yeah. the cheese curds that look like they are almost frozen or extremely yeah. cold, not melting at all. And then like a dump of ricotta maybe on top that's I, I it looks super appealing and rhino and i i feel like are gluttons for punishment when it comes to this booth because we yeah. always get the poutine and sometimes mm-hmm. it's great sometimes it's not uh the the scampi poutine from uh last year wasn't that bad but then when we had that mm. turkey in turkey and sweet potato one uh for for Ooh. the last festival and it was not very good at all so would agree. I, I mean, but I'm all, I I'm always okay. Up while 
adding it's a gnocchi poutine with a red wine red wine braised beef cheese curds basil mm. and burrata there you go oh a burrata oh, oh. you got it okay burrata. rhino you're but muted listen <laughs> Uh, I love burrata (laughs) and I would not have guessed that was burrata. So I, and I'm not like a, you know, like I'm humble, like I'm not a cheese snob, but it did, you know, burrata usually is that like very soft. I don't know. It almost was like in between a burrata and a cheese curd. So I don't Hmm. know. I'd try it again. Rhino, I have to know now what you are going off on burrata with. (laughs) (laughs) You just muted yourself again. Are you kidding me? Right <laughs> <now>? <laughs> it's his first time doing the show. You've got to give him a break. It was showing his mic was working. And then it says guest has muted themselves on my end. He's still <laughs> muted. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll try to get that figured out here. Uh, Chris. <laughs> Bye, Rhino. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> um, Chris, did you have any food at all while you were there? I don't do a ton of the food dishes. I'm going to be honest because I don't like eating on trash cans and I don't like, and I, <laughs> I'm not a big beer drinker and I don't like uh, uh, drinking wine out of plastic. So uh, I'm, I'm just a snob. <laughs> I'm a food snob. So that being said, mm-hmm. I did try uh, and I'm, I, I was trying, what I was trying to find was there was this chocolate funnel cake sandwich and I don't know. And I'll look it up when I'm. Uh, it was like a funnel cake, and it was uh, colored with all sorts of colors. Um, and there was a slab of ice cream with two funnel cakes on top. We split amongst the five of us, six of us, um, and it was plenty, um, very rich, uh, but very very delicious. Um, and then there was another mm. booth that did deconstructed things that was right near the entrance, like between the world mm-hmm. showcase and as you're heading into world showcase that did kind of deconstructed things. And they, they were very fun. I thought, so it was, it was an interesting way of doing food. And I, uh, so I didn't, I didn't eat nearly as much and I was bad and didn't take pictures. I'm now keeping myself about, but it was, it, we had a good time. So it was very enjoyable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we all forget to take pictures too. But you also didn't know you were going to come on here and uh, talk about it, so that happens. Well, I sent you a bunch of other I, pictures, but oh, I didn't you, take pictures of the food for some reason. Absolutely did. It was uh, it's it, wild that you know we finally go to Disneyland for like a little short vacation and to run. And I think on the first day, like I took a, a photo of this food item and that food item. And by the end of it, I was like, I, I didn't take any pictures of food. And <laughs> I guess that's how I know that I at least, uh, decompressed a little bit and, uh, didn't mm. go too crazy while we were there. But yeah, it's, uh, those food photos. That's how yeah, you keep the memory of that dish alive forever. So, uh, mm-hmm. anything else to share about Festival of the Arts? Any any last thoughts before we move on? Uh, Hannah, we I mean, the, the only popcorn buckets. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh yep. Sorry, we the mentioned popcorn the popcorn buckets. buckets in passing. I just want to say I don't get them. Uh, everyone, ha- it seemed like everyone had them, and they're very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little recreation of uh, figments inside the uh, imagine what, imagineer. What's the what's imagination station? Is that what they call that that area? The imagination um, pavilion. The one imagination pavilion. Thank you. Um, and he's inside, and there's a rainbow and figments inside there, and it's it's very cute. I don't know what popcorn it holds. And a couple of the people who I did talk to about the popcorn bucket said the popcorn was. Tasty. It was multicolored, um, mm. so it looked not very edible. Um, but um, 
but it, they clearly were selling like hotcakes and, uh, and they're on eBay for hundreds of dollars. So, hmm. and I just don't get it. I well, it what makes no sense is I get that from the perspective of yeah, if you're not able to come, then it's a way to be able to purchase it, and uh, it's might not be the best way, but then people want to factor in. Well, I took time to go and get it, and you know I have my park admission, which you're not supposed to include that because that's obviously you know if for annual pass holders that would be against uh part of the terms and conditions with it but uh there's a lot of weird stuff in terms of with with the resellers and that but uh, i was just checking as we were getting ready to start this show today and i'll bring it back up because i don't think anything has changed with it but uh, as of right now and it's still accurate we can literally get a popcorn bucket at any point in time today, and it's it's set right now for a now arrival. So uh, if mm-hmm. that's the only way to get it for you is because you're not coming down at all, you know, obviously you have to make your decision that way. But if you are planning on coming down, especially in the next week, uh, it seems like it's not going to be a problem with it selling out. So maybe they finally yeah. figured out the method and they are... Uh, willing to actually order for the amount that people want versus just ordering, you know, the the bare minimum and then not having a good system in order to to hand them out. But I, I didn't think they were going to last at all through the weekend. And mm-hmm. then they were going to have to restock for a little later in the event. So I was shocked when I pulled up the app and and saw that it was still available. I'm like, maybe mm-hmm. do I go over and get one? I, I don't know. I don't need it either. I it's- remember last year they had the little figment that, that was an actual popcorn bucket. And that one, there mm-hmm. were people waiting three or four hours in line for, for the mm-hmm. popcorn bucket. And it, it, I thought last year's was, was adorable. I didn't, I don't have one, but uh, you know, more power to them. It's not mm-hmm. my, not my thing. Glad you enjoy them. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> So I'm going to transition this conversation away from Festival of the Arts, but we're not going to completely leave festivals behind because there was just a little bit of news this morning uh, about Festival Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. I just want to say everything with Festival of the Blank, and uh, that's not the case with this one, but uh, Festival... Jeez, I'm going to keep calling it Festival of the Flowers. It's just like it's stuck in my head that that's how it has to be named now. Uh, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival kicks off February 28th. But the big news is that for the first time ever, there's going to be a brand new topiary of Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, is very, very cute. And of course, they're going to have Groot appear near Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind and World Discovery. I shouldn't even say that it's a topiary because they they don't say that it's a topiary. They say it's Groot. So to me, it looks like it's a Groot statue (laughs) holding a topiary tape, cassette tape. I, Mm. I feel like that's probably the more accurate description of it. But you know what? Disney right. can do crazy things, so maybe they'll figure out a way to 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 bring Groot to life in in a big way. And then the 
front of the park entrance, a big topiary section and grand reveal as you're coming in for Flower and Garden Festival. Uh, We will be able to look forward to Asha, Valentino, and Wishing Star from Wish. So that's nice that they're uh, keeping the tradition of using that front entrance to represent whatever the the latest movie is, because uh, last year's festival, you know, had had was it the last two years or just last year that was in Kanto? I can't even remember now. I don't last last two years. (laughs) Yeah, it's (laughs) but anyways, yeah, in Kanto was the the front entrance big display and this year it'll be featuring wish so uh very very exciting i mean i don't know if if adding a groot statue topiary structure is enough to uh now overcome the epcot international uh, festival of the arts but i feel like it's a good attempt at, at the very least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's there's anna <laughs> Okay, Hi. well, I'm, I am i don't know if we're getting Rhino back for any of this again, so we're just going to keep plugging Aww. along here. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. His, his audio just doesn't want to come through, and it keeps saying that he's muting himself, even though he's not. But I'm going to uh, move Olan to... Our next story that I want to talk about in this little news section, since we just talked about Festival of the flowers and gardens. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about good to go days because they got revealed after last week's show, just like they said they were going to be and kind of got our first idea on maybe what to expect from good to go days. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very, very interesting. So for most people out there who are, you know, buying the date-based tickets, if you're buying the date-based tickets, this has nothing to do with you. This is only for annual pass holders, <laughs> uh, people who buy special tickets, usually surrounding like conventions, sporting groups, uh, and then cast members. So I apologize if this is boring to you. This is one of those things that's more for us talking about how it impacts us as annual pass holders. But uh, there's also a lot of people out there with DVC who out of state who are annual pass holders. So I know it impacts you too. So the good to go days are dates that you can enter any of the parks without a reservation. You can just get going right away. And when the calendar was revealed, uh, it I, I feel like the reveal was slightly underwhelming. Uh, there was six mm-hmm. calendar dates between January and the beginning of February. And on January 16th today, uh, the 18th, 23rd, 24th, 28th, and the 1st, uh, you can enter any park that you want as an annual pass holder. Just run right in and do your thing. Park hop right after if you want. And I I like the approach with this, but maybe I just haven't found the right method of uh, the right method of figuring out good to go dates too. But so far, the the method that I'm using to look at the good to go days and seeing the update on it is I'm going to. You know, in my Disney experience, I'm going to make a park reservation and then that opens up Safari and takes me to the next page where I can view theme park availability. And then that's how I'm checking the good to go days. I'm not sure if I'm completely messing that up and there's a faster, simpler way right in my Disney experience. But 
I, I think that's the first part that I'm annoyed about. It's taking just as much effort of booking or park mm-hmm. reservation as it is to checking if it's a good to go date. So at that point, like I can just make a park reservation if I want mm-hmm. to. And then beyond that, like six days during an extremely slow time of year does not really seem to bode well for what <laughs> happens once it gets busier and, you know, spring break, summer. I, I mean, bonus reservations would pop up all the time. So it's not like it, it, it's not like it's going to be completely just never used. But if they're not using it like nonstop during one of the slowest times of the year, when mm-hmm. are they going to use it? So, uh, Hannah, how, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly how I feel because it's to me, at least for the foreseeable future, I'm still going to go through the motions of making a park reservation. And then maybe once in a blue moon, I'll be surprised and be like, oh, hey, you don't need one. Um, I am starting to get super lax with making park reservations. Um, I guess this makes me a bad travel agent. But, you know, just because typically there's availability now, which I'm very thankful for. Sometimes I get up to the gate and I go, oh, hey, don't have a park reservation. Let me get one of those. I kind of feel like Disney is probably still testing out the elimination of park reservations for date-based tickets. And so pass holders are just kind of, I almost feel like this, this is kind of to appease us. Like, hey, we're trying, but really, obviously, date-based tickets are the priority. And so they're, I think, kind, kind of trying to figure out, you know, volumes and capacity and that kind of thing. So I'm hoping it'll improve. I'm not, unfortunately, totally surprised. But yeah, I mean, basically, right now, this means nothing to me. Like, I'm just going to go about my same routine of making a reservation and, um, you know, I'm just travel agent side. I'm thankful for my clients cause it's one less hurdle, um, one less thing to do, um, or to stress about in terms of like planning a vacation and what part days and that kind of thing. But for me, this means nothing at this point. I'm hoping, you know, maybe next quarter, they'll have a better handle on this and we'll get more. But as you said, that's, you know, then you get into summer dates and, so I, I think this is just to appease us like, hey, you know, we're doing a little something for you. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess they're trying. It, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a it's an appeasal type thing. But I feel like if that's what they're trying to do, then it should be the opposite. And every mm-hmm. day should be assumed that it's a good to go date. And then you have to check to be like, oh, no, on these weekends, because it's, you know, spring break or President's Day weekend, uh, some of the more busy weeks on these days, we need you to make a park reservation because we know Mm -hmm. it's going to be busier. I feel like that should be the method where every day is a good to go day. And then you have to check to be like, okay, no, I do need a reservation. And yeah, I can sacrifice for that. But then that also throws off the, you know, different park reservations available for whatever different tiers you have in your annual passes. So then that kind of throws off that entire structure of how much you pay. I, it's just, it's all Hmm. a mess. And I, it just (laughs) feels so underwhelming looking at it. They touting such a great system for annual pass holders and everyone else who will need it. It's just like, Oh, six days to look forward to maybe more now (laughs) revealed later, but just not, not, 
enough right away. I feel like they should have came right out with it. Like, look at all these good to go days we're giving you. Can you believe how much we're giving you? You, this is the greatest thing about good to go days is just we're throwing it out everywhere. But, uh, Rhino, you whelmed, underwhelmed, overwhelmed good to go days. Uh, I, I think, uh, underwhelmed for sure. I mean, it's just, it feels like, the idea of it seemed like such a good idea when they were talking about it, but the execution kind of comes off as like just throwing another confusing thing into the mix. And so I think the, the people who suffer the most from it are going to be the um, people at the turnstiles, you know, the the, both cast members and guests alike. And I'm like, I'm on that same boat with Hannah. I become like, I'll just go to the park and be like, whoops. Like I kind of forgot. I've been forgetting to make the park pass lately. Um, but I, I just, I'm with you. I think ideally if this was actually return to form, it should be like every day is a good day, except for these other things. It's always like, except this, except that, except this, except that like a regular person. I don't feel like, I don't know. It's such a learning curve. And every time I feel like we think there's going to be like a, like a break in it, there's this new item we have to figure out, you know? Yeah. I, it's insane. The logistics of it are insane. It seems like. <clears throat> there's a couple of advantages. Luckily, uh, by and large, annual holders are people who are paying the most attention. So they have more of a sense. It, it's the people who come once every couple of years who get this process at all. And us have, as a travel agent, trying to explain this to them, thank God I don't have to do that. <laughs> that would be a nightmare. I still have, when I tell guests, I still put a write up about what park pass reservations were. So they, cause they may still hear about it. And then I get a note back saying, Hey, what is this? Do I need to worry about that? If you're a day guest, you don't need to worry about it. I have an annual pass, so I do need to worry about it. And I'm like you, Craig, I go in there and I just make one anyway, because it's just easier than having to try and figure out what dates they ought. You're and you're a thousand percent, right. They ought to make it. So it's, we're good to go unless they say otherwise. And um, Mm -hmm. it would just be much easier. But I think we're in a a period of transition as they I would not be surprised at all if by the end of this year, those are gone, too, um, because Mm -hmm. these are numbered, right? Yeah, I I feel like the days have to be numbered eventually, but who knows if they'll ever want to give up their precious data that they get from it, because, uh, (laughs) you know, it's it's important to have in the the modern world we live in. I just if if I could do one thing, it would be like kind of play like almost like a roulette with uh, Russian roulette where you just don't know (laughs) if it's going to be a good to go date at all, but you just try to go show up to the park and see if it's just randomly a good to go date and I, see I think how that's what I, most people are going to do. <laughs> I, I just, I feel like that might be a fun game to play. Just show up and see like, Hey, do I get to walk right in today or, or do I have to make a park reservation? Are there reservations? Just kind of make a game out of it and see, see how often you actually fail. I'm based on this calendar, you know, you're going to fail five times a week. So, could could and they're so random i mean if there was like every tuesday wednesday and thursday and it was just blocked Mm -hmm. but there's it's completely random there's it feels like they just like okay those days so it doesn't it didn't make much sense to me yeah it's uh, a really great article to read is uh mike who runs blog mickey he wrote a really uh kind of scathing look at good to go days and uh 
I mean, he pointed out that exactly that there's there's no sense really made in in terms of the days that they they chose. Like he even broke it down where he was looking at what days are the park tickets the cheapest because of the, the tiered pricing uh, on on slower days, and it wasn't even lining up together. Where like our annual pass good to go dates weren't falling on the days that Disney was projecting as the cheapest dates that you could buy a park ticket for. So if they're not just like mm-hmm. automatically giving it to us on like those extremely slow days or days, they don't expect it to be bad. Then what, what days are they waiting for, for it? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I feel like it could probably throw a, a dart at the board and and come up with <laughs> the right answer eventually if you keep throwing darts long enough but i it, it just like we've all said it's another thing to add a uh, complication to what could just be a very simple and easy system but hopefully you know it's taken a couple of years to get to this point so maybe by like 2027 2028 we'll have a, a good method <laughs> set up for annual pass holders i we can only hope but Great. <laughs> uh, but now I want to uh, transition across from the East Coast to the West Coast and talk a little bit about uh, this past week at the Disneyland Half Marathon. And uh, I have a lot of things that I want to share with it just because my wife and I have gotten kind of active back into run Disney again over the past couple races. And uh, much like many people out there, we wanted the coast to coast challenge to finally succeed at that and to get the exclusive medal that you would get if you did the half marathon weekend here at Walt Disney World and then the Disneyland half marathon weekend. And so we are all in on that. And uh, I just have... A lot of uh, I have a lot of uh, thoughts with it, a lot positive and definitely some critiques to it. But uh, the main reason why I want to bring it up is a it's been something that a lot of people have been talking about, especially uh, all the runners out there. And B, uh, Disneyland does have one more race that is coming up at the end of the year, and it's during their Halloween time, which that has intrigued many people. And I want to try to give people advice on whether or not they should sign up for it. You know, obviously, if you want to go, then just do it and you can regret it after the fact. But if <laughs> if prices are very similar to what what it was like for this weekend, knowing that, you know, there was a race going on in Anaheim. So the hotels were a little bit higher than normal uh, from like Orlando. Everyone, it seemed like on our plane going and on the way back was going specifically for that. So plane tickets <laughs> weren't as cheap as they might have been in other times of the years. Uh, it just it all starts to add up. And I want people to be able to make a good decision about it. And uh, just so can put it out there even further. Uh, we did not go on behalf of Dreams Unlimited Travel at all. Uh, not on behalf of Disney. This was, you know, Kylie and I and then Rhino deciding, hey, why not just spend thousands of dollars to go and put yourself through excruciating pain? And uh, it's I feel like one perspective of it is uh, that's kind of uh, enlightening, I guess I should say, is that, you know, when we do the Walt Disney World marathons here and uh, all the half marathon weekends, I 
think I take for granted how easy it is being a local. Like, yeah, we don't have to deal with the Mm. bus system. We just have to deal with parking at Epcot and getting in and getting ready. But it is, you know, after we run a race at, at Walt Disney World, we go back to our house and we take a shower and relax and calm down. And then, you know, we do what we would any other weekend. We we relax. We do chores. We don't go and trudge through a Disney park because we have park admission that we feel like we have to use. And so mm-hmm. now I have just a greater appreciation for people who go and run these races, who run a dopey weekend and still go into the parks nonstop afterwards. You people out there are you know you are on a different level and i wish i could compete with you i just cannot uh it was it, it took everything well, for those who have had. not done it what's that for those who have not done it you're getting up very early in the morning I don't, i'm sure disneyland is the same way you're up early before the parks open so these yeah. are early long days yes they mm-hmm. are very early long days and uh, you know that's if you're a fast runner then you get done quickly and you can still be in the parks uh, <laughs> relatively early and still make the best of your day but if you take a while mm-hmm. and you want to take that long shower and then you realize okay well i it's 12 o'clock i probably should go in a park now with my park ticket but you know what then i have to go to sleep at like five or six o'clock to be able to wake up for the next race like it all of a sudden it's like what what decisions was i making but uh i so i ran the dumbo challenge which included the 10k and the half marathon rhino ran the half marathon and then uh, there was also the 5k that happened on friday but we did not uh, participate in that i kind of wish i would have now knowing that it feels like it was like the one thing that we didn't get to do out there for it but uh in terms of the expo in like check-in process area if you're used to it at walt disney world with the wide world of sports uh luckily disneyland's was so much simpler because it all happened right at the disneyland hotel and it was all right in the same building uh it was just such a smooth smooth experience uh we did not get in in time for the shopping uh to start so stuff was already picked over by the time we got in there like six laters after the expo started uh so you know if you are planning on the next race out there much like with walt disney world try to get in the day before the expo starts so that way you can try to get in fast to to get all the merchandise you want uh but i more or less want to talk about the the actual race parts of it because i feel like one of the races we did was the best run disney race we've ever done and the other one was kind of one of the worst uh it was not as bad as our half half because that was that will go down (laughs) as truly the the worst race that i've ever done where i got to run on and off epcot on ramps and off ramps and then a short trip through epcot that just felt like an afterthought by the time we got on there and i didn't Mm -hmm. even get rained on rhino was just running through the rain at the end for that one but uh the the 5k was really unique and i wish we would have done that because you actually got to start the race right in disneyland and Mm. all of the race took place entirely in the parks because i it's one of those things it's it's hard to imagine but you can 
run an entire 5k between California Adventure and Disneyland. Like it doesn't, it all seems so close and it doesn't seem that big, but the way they were weaving in and out of the different lands, uh, set up the courses, it made it possible to run a lot of the distances in the park. So the 5k seemed like the one that got away, the one that we completely missed. And uh, the 10K for me, that was the absolute best run Disney race that I have ever done. Uh, It started... So we had the starting line for the 10K and the half marathon on Disney Way. And so if you're... If you're not really familiar with that area, you don't know Disney Way just by saying it. Basically, Disney Way is the road that intersects um, intersects between like where the Anaheim Hotel is and then the next block down before you get to the Esplanade, and uh, it's where you know mm-hmm. if you're you're staying off property, eventually you'll almost get run over by one of the the art buses that is pulling <laughs> in and out of the Disney Way area. But it was basically set up on a long stretch. Uh, right next to the garden walk area where house of blues and the amc is and it was a big massive area i feel like it was staged well handled well uh the one upsetting part of it not super upsetting but it made the fanfare of the start a little uh a little lackluster because they didn't use like fireworks to kick off the race. And I know that just sounds like such a minor complaint, but there is something about the rush that you get with a Walt Disney World race when those fireworks go off and you get to start going. Mm-hmm. And here it was like three, two, one, go. And it, it just felt like any normal small road race that you would do around any other city or area. Uh, so that, that was disappointing. But for the 10K, you basically ran. The rest of the way down Disney Way, cut onto Harbor, ran down Catella, and then started running back up towards all of the hotels, and then cut in the side of California Adventure, ran like all the way back around, and then finally entered just to the right of Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout and then just started weaving in and out the entire park and trying to cover every single area. And I mean, it was for the 10 K it was very, very spaced out in terms of people. It wasn't really clumping up at all. So like there was plenty of opportunities to get your beautiful pictures of California adventure with not a lot of people in it. You know, my favorite part was getting photos in cars land. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of the, the photo setup spots, you know, we got a great one in front of Cozy Cone Motel. Uh, the one on the right is my favorite, where uh, Kylie got a great photo of herself with flows in the mountain range back in the distance. And I have someone's plush Dumbo just blocking <laughs> my face completely. And uh, so that's like a, Mike gotta, from Inc. I know it's it's my yeah. proudest proudest uh, photo, but so then from from California Adventure we ran straight up the middle of the Esplanade, like went out through the gates, ran up through the Esplanade, and then started running all the way around through Disneyland and right up Main Street uh, through mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty Castle, and just kept going all around the park, and then finally we kind of exited out up right around like Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway and then ran the perimeter of the park where they'd normally, you know, drive their internal transportation, then popped out by the Esplanade and finished up. So it was like that 
race was primarily in the parks, uh, but felt like felt like it was mostly there because by the time, you know, by the time you got in there, you forgot about that first mile and a half that was more on the boring side. Uh, so it was a great race. But the mm-hmm. half marathon for me was just it, we we were talking a lot about it leading into the race because the you know, our joke was like, oh, so the you know, only the first three miles are in the park or is it the first 5k is in the park? What's, what's the, how much time are you in the park for it? And ultimately I felt like, you know, they had to do the park first because they have to open these parks for people and, uh, they can't really delay it too long. They can't make it be the last thing, but it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was exactly what it looked like on paper. We we ran a good four to five miles in Disneyland that were really magical and special right away. And, you know, getting just just incredible photos and having that experience of being in the parks there. Uh, it was it was one of a kind. I'm so glad we were able to do it. And then the ensuing eight to nine miles that were running through Anaheim for uh, for some people, they were spectacular. Uh, Kylie and I just got so incredibly bored. It was for me. It was somewhere right around when we were running up and down and around in circles in front of the Angel Stadium. When everyone who used to do run Disney and Disneyland is telling you like, "Oh, we used to get to run right through the stadium." It's like that would have been great, but we just get to run in oh. circles around the stadium, and it's not really a pretty stadium to take pictures of from the outside. So it it wasn't even you know it wasn't even memorable for that, and so just so much of it was running through industrial areas, and I, I'm Rhino and I are constantly driving around Anaheim and going to all our favorite spots. So it's one of those things that should have dawned on me more. Like this is not going to be pretty in terms of the run, and then when you're running very slow, you get extra time to really take in. Like yeah, this is. Uh, you know, right outside of Disneyland, you know, it, joke about how you lose the magic outside of the gate. But then once you start getting like two or three miles down the road, it really starts losing the magic pretty fast. So I think I walked away from it seeing the price, the the cost of the hotels and flights, add in park tickets, add in the amount of food that we were eating, everything, uh, everything combined. I'm like, I don't foresee myself ever doing another half marathon at Disneyland again. I would do the 10K in a heartbeat if it was pretty much the same course. I would do the 5K hearing how how great that was. But Disneyland half marathon just was not for me. I don't I, I not I'm not opposed to road races, but it just it wasn't even it was not glamorous. The only glamorous time of the road race was when we got past the Honda Center and I was able to get a photo with Wildwing, the Anaheim Ducks mascot, which uh, that that was a highlight from outside the parks. But that was that was basically it. So I'm. I, I don't know if I would recommend the half, like if you want to do it so you get that coast to coast medal, all for it. Go go ahead and do it. But I feel like they need they need to just do something. There weren't really a lot of characters inside the parks. There definitely wasn't enough photo pass inside the parks taking photos. And that wasn't you know, that did not exist outside of 
of the park area. So no characters were allowed on the streets. No photo pass was allowed on the streets, only at the egg, uh, the finish line and then in the park. So it was lacking on that. There was huge bottlenecks almost mm-hmm. at every single water stop, unlike anything I've experienced before. It, it's a work in progress. It may become a great race one day, but I'll wait until it becomes a great race to do it that way again. I'll stick to the lesser races, but what about you, Rhino? How did how did you feel? Did you feel like the money, your hard earned money that you put into it, you got anything out of it worthwhile? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to talk about it as much as you did because you just, like you just said, I paid for this all out of my own pocket, my tickets, the airfare, the hotel, the race, everything. So I, you know, I um, I would do a I would do a race again here though. I I enjoyed it. I had I had fun. Um, I I liked the Anaheim part of the course more than you did. Um, just because of how wide open it was compared to the Walt Disney one, Walt Disney World one that we did at Epcot, which was absolutely awful. And I think that Disney should have offered money back for people or something or some sort of something, just something, some sort of attempt to even pretend like they cared that it was just the worst course ever. Um, and but like running, there's nothing beating running through a, a Disney park, I think. And it was cool because that I got to run through Galaxy's Edge and running through Avengers Campus while the um, the Avengers theme was playing was definitely like a highlight for me. Um, I agree, though. I mean, it's, it is by no means a perfect race. It is definitely there needs to be. I don't know why there aren't photo pass people out in the streets. You know, um, they need to hire a third party company then to be doing it or something like that because of the amount you're paying. There should be way more photo opportunities um, and things like that. But it was cool to see the regular people out there just like with signs and cheering people on and things. And so um, and the pinch points on that half marathon day were terrible. The water, there was one in particular that was just awful. But um, I liked it enough that I actually was like, hmm. What's the date of the Halloween one? But it the problem with the Halloween mm. one is it's like D23 is the second week of August. Then I have my like Power Ranger thing I do every other year there. That's the two weeks after that. And then that, that which is the same weekend as the beginning of their Halloween party of the Oogie Boogie Bash. But then that Halloween marathon is two weeks after that. So it would be like two, two, two. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just live in California at this point. But um, no, I... I I mean, I, I, I think it's how you do it. Like for me, I, cause I'm in, I'm a magic key holder at Disneyland. So for me, I honestly, the only reason I went into the parks as much as I did is cause I was there with you guys and stuff like that. Otherwise I would have slept probably a little bit more or tried to sleep a little bit more and stuff. And I, I, so I don't feel that pressure necessarily to like have to go in or do that. But I did like, you know, I was rooming with my friend Nicole and she had bought tickets for this. And I kind of always felt bad where it'd be like, Oh, well, Nicole paid for these tickets, you know, so like, we should go in the park, we should go in the park. But she's a pretty good adult about being able to be like, I'm going to go do this by myself because she bought mm-hmm. one park. She bought the um, that ticket that was like the one park one day um, ticket so she couldn't hop with us, which is so that was my kind of first experience in a long time with somebody like that. And I will say it, it does become very limiting because I've, I've definitely been spoiled mm-hmm. by being able to be like, well, I want to go get, you know, uh, I want to go get galaxy's edge coffee. And then I want to go get my not so little chicken sandwich. You know, these little things where you're like, I just want to go over here for this one thing and then go back, you know? Um, right. Especially with everything being so close there. It's one of those, but yeah, I, 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 I'm with you though. Like the, when we walked in to do our photos and stuff um, later in the day for that half marathon, I was just like, my God, we, the walk from my hotel <laughs> into the park was less than the, was, uh, was 
less than half the distance it took me to walk from the finish line at, at Walt Disney World to my car. So I was so like I'm I was walking half the distance once I had finished and where I walked to um because I, I had stayed right on the the intersection of um Catella and uh oh, I can't remember Harbor. the name of the other road Harbor um and so what I really one of the highlights for me of of this is that like I I left my hotel room I think at like four fifteen and the race starts at like five five fifteen or something like that it was supposed to be five. So I'm there and like within 10 minutes. So there was no car. There was no, and you there, you can't do that at Disney world because if it starts at Epcot, there's no hotel. I mean, unless you're at the boardwalk, I guess, but I don't even know if you could do that from the boardwalk to be able to Mm -hmm. get, just walk into Epcot through the, um, the, um, the other entrance. But yeah. So, so I would say for somebody like me, who's like, I can't wake up at one forty-five and be like, this was great. Um, this one was superior in terms of that and some stuff. And so I, I liked the weather better too. So there was, there was, Mm -hmm. I I just, I think I I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, it was the first time I ever did a run and I didn't listen to music until my last mile. So I, I'd never done that Hmm. before. I just didn't feel like I wanted to put it in. I was just enjoying the sounds of everything. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, and then the last mile, I blared my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 1995 movie theme song over and over again on repeat because I was like, "Well, I won't die while I'm listening to this." Yep, I, you got to do whatever <laughs> you have to do to get over the finish line. I that was uh, one of the highlights, though, is that in the parks, I felt like they had the perfect music loops, but then they would also drop it out. So, like for Galaxy's Edge and Avengers Campus, you were only hearing the music that you would hear there during the day. So, like you also got to get immersed in those areas. Uh, it's and mm-hmm. I, I, Rhino's right. There was something about like running through Avengers Campus, just like walking in on a normal day, where just opens up and seeing Spider Man on the left and Guardians in front of you and the Quinjet, like it, it was pretty freaking epic. And it was still dark, so that. everything was like lit up with like the cool nighttime lights. So like the arc reactor in the ground was glowing as you're running over. Oh, it. That's, like, cool. that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. the only sacrifice we had to make is that if you're going to run into Avengers Campus like that, then that meant for like Cars Land, we were running the opposite direction so you didn't get like that beautiful mm. look at cars land as you're mm. running in but i can only imagine mm. how much of a cluster it would have been making the well I guess you the we made a right. right we had to make the right to go down but it i yeah i don't know what i'm going out with that but it's i i mean <laughs> even with like little little small choices like that it wasn't you know, I, I felt like it's still overall as you just stop for a second, take in what's around you and and keep moving. Um, that's like I know a lot of half. I know during the half marathon, we ran from Fantasyland through the front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. And a lot of people love that. But for me, like that was underwhelming. Like, like I loved getting to run, look yeah. at the castle and then run through versus popping run. out. Um, yeah, because the photos they were taking of you running out of the castle weren't even they were not good at all. So no, God, it was no. And, and it was <laughs> there was only like one person there. So like you had to be on the right side or the left side. I mean, there might have been someone on the other side, but it was one of those where I was like, this should be the photo like this should be like mm-hmm. there should be like five or six photo pass people out here just snapping every single person. You know what I mean? Um, But it was cool. It was really cool to be able to just like. And we were like coming up from the back side of the castle, like about to run through it. I like took my camera, like videoed myself running through it. I'm um, not myself. I mm. videoed facing forward. People don't want to watch me run, but um, uh, <laughs> like 
yeah, there was like there was a lot of there was a lot of fun moments like that. I will say it was it was an interesting mix of people because I, I you know I'm not as experienced with um, run Disney races as you are in um, and others obviously, um, but. I do recognize that a lot of people run it for photo opportunities and things like that. And that's more than okay. Like, cause I even, it's hard not to pull over every now and then. Cause there was like the, the float with the mayor from, um, nightmare before Christmas where I was like, Oh, there was like no one there. And I was like, Ooh. okay, I got to get a little quick picture for this, you know? Um, but like it, it, some people were like yelling in the crowd. They were just like, what is this walk Disney? And I'm like, Mm-hmm. like what okay well this is not the energy to bring into a disney race like you like and i so like i that was the point of the race where i was like i gotta run a lot faster to get away from this like jerk and because that guy was just yelling at the yeah. top of his lungs constantly throughout the race i'm just like it was terrible mm-hmm. yep. yeah there was some not so great etiquette i won't even say from mm-hmm. like people not following the simple rules it was more the etiquette of being respectful to those around you by you know just complaining about every single aspect and every single person around you. It's like, you know what? Even if you have headphones on, I I can hear you. (laughs) I'm, I'm still paying attention to the fact that you're screaming at me right now and apparently just making your day so unlivable, but it's, I, I think every Disneyland race is going to probably sell out quickly. I, like Rhino said, having to only like show up at the last second was really nice. I mean, if you were in one of the further back corrals and you were worried about sweeping, yeah, you had to get there a little early. So that way you, you know, you could get more towards the front of your corral, but really with like the half marathon, if you were in anything like a through D you could just walk in. Like I would say probably five minutes before the race and you would have still been in such a great position with it. Uh, During the 10 K, the security line was just so overwhelmed. They only had seven metal detectors and a bad system in place to try to process everyone through. And so we, we had to wait like 25 minutes. Then the very next day for the half, they figured it out, added more, think added an extra entrance. And, you know, we didn't even wait at all. We just walked right through. So uh, they, they were, they were fixing things and, and trying to make it better, but uh, it's not having to wake up as early. Definitely a highlight of it. The running through Disneyland. It's unlike anything else. I still haven't been able to run through magic kingdom, just all the other parks at Walt Disney world. Uh, So I can only, you know, compare it to the three I've run through here. And then those two out there running through those two parks was better than anything I've run through here. So I recommend it for that. Don't recommend it if you want character photos because there just wasn't enough and I don't see how they fix that. Um, And, you know, for the half, if you're okay, really just running around Anaheim, drive around, see if that's your thing. And if it's something you're into, then, then I'd go for it. But like I said, for me, the sweet spots with these races are the, the 5k and the 10k and the half is just really if you want coast to coast but uh yeah i'm happy happy we did it once and i'm sure i will get roped into doing it again but uh we're we're not going to get roped into doing anything else for the rest of this episode because uh that's actually going to do it for us that's that's all the time we have for mm-hmm. this week's dis unlimited podcast uh we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up like like i said we will have a review of festival of the arts all the dining options that we we get to have there very soon plenty of dining reviews to come in the future uh the return 
of the DCL show on this channel is coming up very, very soon and lots more. So stay tuned to all of that. Uh, first off, I want to thank this group for coming together and helping me with this discussion. Thank you, Hannah, Chris, and Rhino. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And Fun as thank- always. It's always fun (laughs) to be around you, Hannah. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time to watch and listen. Uh, First off, if you want to support us more, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. That is the absolute best way you can support us. So please, 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 free no obligation quotes at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Then also, you can support us by becoming one of our Patreon supporters. And uh, we have a lot that happens over there from the from the lowest tier, getting exclusive photos and and our thoughts and words to uh, the next level with the Patreon post show and then it just keeps going from there with more exclusive shows, uh, more chances to get to interact with those of us on the Diz team. So uh, if you do want to support us, the great way to do it is over at Patreon. So patreon.com slash Diz Unlimited. Rhino came up with a good tagline for it, and I just don't remember it anymore. I guess that's what happens. I don't remember it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we were sitting at Brewery X, <laughs> and we were like, you know what we should say? We should say this. Oh, yeah. I do remember oh. having that conversation, but I was rambling on about a lot of stuff. <laughs> you were. <laughs> uh, there's also. I was stuff. definitely in my full mode of being like five thoughts at once because every other sentence was a different thought. Yeah, I could not keep mm-hmm. track there were of bruise it. involved. I'm <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was there there was definitely bruise involved. Uh, so we'll have a good we'll have a good plug for for that maybe next week if we can uh, hmm. un, unravel Rhino's mind somehow. Uh, and then, <laughs> of course, if you are watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, hit the thumbs up, leave comments, questions, video suggestions in the comment section. And if you are listening to this, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can leave us a rating and review, that would mean a lot. Uh, but that's going to do it again for this week's episode. Thank you again to the panel and everyone out there for taking the time to listen and watch this. We hope you enjoyed it and we will see you again real soon with another episode of the Dis Unlimited podcast. But for now, we've reached the end, or should I say the beginning of your future. Goodbye.